is going on, beautiful people, and welcome back to the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, The Fight Podcast. I am your host, the underground king, Serge Vicente, and this is episode 190. Fam, I swear to you, it felt like I was in the 180s for the last three months. I can't stunt, man. It's been forever, but we're finally into the 190s. Welcome back to the Fight Podcast. We have an amazing show for you today. Before we jump into that, remember each and every week we are brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring. Check out Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Again, check them out, sageeatschicago.com. They cook and deliver healthy meals. Deliver them directly to your home or office right here in the Chicagoland area. If you are not in Chicago, that is totally fine. They also offer fitness mentoring and nutrition consultation. They have a coach that takes care of all the work that you don't want to do. The working out, being in the gym, check it out. They do it so you can do it in your home, anywhere you want to work out. You don't have to have a trainer sitting on your lap. So they will take care of you. Check them out, sageeatchicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 10% off of your first three months. Also, check them out everywhere on all social media platforms at Sage Eats Chicago. Also, check out the best, the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, The Fight Podcast. Let everybody know we're everywhere podcasts are available. Google, Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, man. And also check us out at our website, thefightpodcast.com. Booyah! All right, man. Um, On today's menu i told you guys we have an amazing show because i'm not gonna lie man we had some pretty amazing fights this weekend a lot of entertainment a lot of finishes um and all in all man a really really solid weekend of fights man so on today's menu we are going to go ahead and recap ufc fight night norfolk the flyweight division the quote-unquote title fight we're also going to go ahead and discuss what is next for the GOAT of the women's featherweight division, Amanda Nunes. Um, is it going to be Megan Anderson or Felicia Spencer? Also, Ian Kutalabra, the Hulk. Are we going to talk about his terrible stoppage? And should we rope-a-dope the way he was rope-a-doping? Um, I'm also going to talk about a little bit of boxing. We talk about Mikey Garcia's great win, dominant win against Jesse Vargas and Deontay Wilder. We've been talking about him a lot recently since his loss to Tyson Fury. He has been running his mouth, but I will tell you this. He's putting his money where his mouth is because Deontay Wilder exercises his right to a trilogy with Tyson Fury, and that fight is going to happen this upcoming July. Is it a good idea? I don't know, man. We will talk about this and so much more all in this episode of The Fight Podcast, man. Yo, before we get to that, I hope everything has been going amazing for everybody. Uh, it It's, bro, it feels like springtime here in Chicago. It, it hit 50 degrees. I've been so used to it being 17 and chilly, um, having a 50-degree day, man. I swear I was walking down the street, no hat on, jacket wide open, 
loving life, man. I swear, I was walking down the street straight whistling. It was so good, man. So it's a beautiful time outside. It feels like springtime. Um, man, I've been, and I don't know if you guys have had an opportunity to do this yet or not. Yo, I've been sitting here listening. Every time I go and walk my dog, Nico, either I go out there and I listen to an audio book or I go ahead and listen to some new music. Royce the Five Nine. Sheesh. I don't know if you guys have had an opportunity to check it out, but you need to. If you don't know who Royce is, I'm telling you right now, yo, he's one of the best ever. Um, out of Detroit, dude is an absolute beast. Uh, he has an album out right now called The Allegory. Man, it is so far my favorite album of the year. Yes, I know it is March 2nd, but who cares? It's it's my favorite one so far, man. Uh, great album. It is like classic grown man hip hop. A little bit of drug dealer rap mixed with, yo, this is what you got to do to get your life together. It's a beautiful piece of art, man. And that's what it feels like. It feels like art. I love music that I feel like is legitimate art especially when it comes to hip-hop because yo i am a hip-hop head amazing amazing music from royce to five nine if you don't know who royce is i'm telling you this is what you're gonna do don't even download this album yet you need to go out there and check out on youtube la leakers la leakers is a radio show over there i think it's like one old somebody who cares they're out there in la but they have a dope uh, aspect of their show where they have amazing freestyles from some of the best artists out there so for their 100th episode they had Royce come out there and I am telling you right now if you haven't had an opportunity to check it out you need to um this dude is going out there and straight conducting man he is dominating that's that's what you call a god flow it's ridiculous, man. Check out the man, the myth, the legend, Royce to 5'9", out of Detroit. And I always have to show him some love because he is a huge combat sports fan. And uh, he always supports, bro. So you got to show some love to, to Nickel, Royce to 5'9", man. But yo, everything on my end is going beautiful. Like I said, I hope you guys are going beautiful. Let's go ahead and talk about these fights ufc norfolk man va stand up it was headlined by what was supposed to be a title fight joseph benavidez the number one ranked flyweight in the world with a record of 28 and 5 against davidson figueredo the number three ranked flyweight in the world 17 and 1 these guys are incredible joseph benavidez is a legend in the sport he has fought in the wec he has been in the ufc since the very beginning he has had three shots at a title he fought for the title in the wc against dominic cruz they essentially made the flyweight division for him he fought in the in the inaugural flyweight title fight against demetrius johnson took a close fought lost he came back he got drubbed and ended up losing in the first round, getting knocked out in the first round against Demetrius Johnson. And this was his first shot at a title in six years. I'm talking about a legend. Someone who's been around the game forever, who has beaten the best of the best. In fact, he has beaten Triple C. He was the last man to beat Triple C, uh, the king of cringe, um, the, the current 135-pound champion. 
Um, dude has gone out there and beaten everybody. Him, Sergio Pettis, the list goes on and on, man. Dude is an absolute beast. But he was going out there and fighting Davidson Figueredo, the 32-year-old Yoel Romero bodied up looking 125 pound absolute savage I talked about him before in the in the leading up to this he I and when I was talking about this earlier I was talking about how it was a quote-unquote title fight it was a quote-unquote title fight because Figueredo ended up missing weight my man missed weight by almost three pounds, ended up having 30% of his purse pretty much take, taken away from him. And look, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I was super, super critical of Davidson Figueredo for that. And I'm critical of everybody who misses weight because at the end of the day, as a fighter, you have two jobs. Yes, your job is to get in there and fight. But before you fight, your job is to make weight. Especially when it comes down to a championship fight. There isn't even like I can get that pound, that grace period pound. So you couldn't weigh in at 126. You have to weigh in at 125. If you fight at 185 at middleweight like the guys this weekend in Israel Adesanya and Yoel Romero, they have to both weigh in at 185. I don't think there's ever an excuse. So I was hard on Buddy when this happened. And because of that, I'm going to be honest with you. And I was going to pick Joseph anyways. But yo, I knew this was going to be an explosive fight. Two guys that are violent. They both had the same amount of knockouts. Joseph only had a couple more submissions. They go out there to get shit done. And that's what I loved about both of them. That's why I really was interested in this matchup. And I'm going to be honest with you, man, there was a gang of, in fact, every fight on the main card was a finish, whether it be a submission or a knockout, and I'll talk about it, all of them, uh, but this fight itself, I knew it was going to be special, and sure as shit, the fight starts off, and yeah, it's living up to the hype, right from the very beginning, Davidson Figueredo gets a takedown and jumps on an armbar, it looks like the fight is going to be over within the first minute, Joseph Benavidez shows his scrambling capabilities, gets out of it, and I'm talking about, I have no idea how his arm didn't snap like a twig, but that's one of the beautiful things, one of the things that you love, you absolutely adore about the lighter weight classes is that they are they are just as aggressive as some of the big guys but they they're so much more technical they're super technical they're able i put it like this this is the best way to explain it the same way that you have the beef in the nba right now you have Giannis Antetokounmpo, whatever the hell his name is the greek freak and james harden going at it yes i know i butchered that man's name i can't say it i'm not greek it is what it is i speak two languages there it is that's not one of them <laughs> so, but here's the thing you have one guy who said james harden claps back recently and said fam you're seven feet tall. All you do is run down the court and dunk. I'm a smaller guy. I have to be super skilled and technical to play this game. That's the exact same thing about the lighter divisions. Yes, they can crack like a heavyweight does. These heavyweights go out there, but the bigger guys don't need to be as technically sound. You don't have to be because you have those big lunch boxes. 
you have that power that you can go out there and completely finish a fight in a moment. The smaller guys don't tend to have that same amount of power, so most of these guys are extremely technical. The greatest flyweight fighter of all time, Demetrius Johnson, is perfect. He's, his Muay Thai looks perfect. His striking, perfect. His boxing, perfect. His wrestling, perfect. His jiu-jitsu, perfect. And most of these little guys have that same proficiency. Obviously not to the same capacity, but they're still right there. That's what makes them so much fun to watch. So we're seeing all this literally in the first 30 seconds of the fight. It literally looks like Speedy Gonzalez running into a mix and running out. It's crazy. So they're going back and forth. And I'm going to be honest with you, man. These dudes were slinging. They were absolutely throwing down, throwing bombs. And one thing you notice, because both men were exchanging. Both men were taking shots. But one thing you noticed was that Figueredo, first of all, Buddy must cut hella weight. Yes, he missed weight, but he is a thick dude. As thick as a 125-pound guy can be. But he's a big, thick, muscular dude for the weight class. And he was absolutely walking through Joseph Benavidez's shots. Now, some of the shots that he took, I'm going to be honest with you, it looked like some of them might have damaged him a little bit. But in the grand scheme of things, he was just walking through everything. I absolutely gave Joseph Benavidez the first round, though. And the numbers actually prove that. Going into the second round, man, it's more of the same. You're seeing Joseph Benavidez cracking, and he looks like he was legitimately starting to find his rhythm. Then out of nowhere, bah, headbutt. The moment that he was headbutt, they clashed heads, and I'm going to be honest with you. The reason that they ended up clashing heads is because of Joseph Benavidez. Joseph Benavidez leads with his head when he's throwing hooks. They clash heads. Literally, the moment they clash head, blood squirted out. Nasty. Crazy. Squirt, squirt, blood everywhere. Joseph Benavidez backs up, wipes his brow, takes his attention away for two, not even two, a moment. A moment in time, Figueredo hit him with the biggest right hand I have ever seen a flyweight take in my entire life. You knocked him completely cold. Two more big hammer fists on the ground. The fight is over. Davidson Figueredo is now your new flyweight. He's not. He's not your flyweight champion because he didn't make weight. Which sucks. But let me tell you the numbers of this fight real quick. Figueredo was 29 of 25 of 49. Joseph Benavidez was 46 of 95. Figueredo had that one takedown. Um, and Joseph Benavidez unfortunately did not. Man. Why do I say this sucks? This sucks because at the end of the day, we don't really know what's going to go ahead and happen with the flyweight division. Now that Davidson Figueredo won the, won the fight, 
But since it wasn't really for the title, what do they do? They already have pretty much got rid of all of the contenders in this weight class. It literally was set up for Joseph Benavidez, a long stay, a mainstay in the UFC's flyweight division to finally get a title shot. They created the division for him and they created this opportunity for him. I'm not saying he didn't earn it because he absolutely did. But this is the reason why he was here. It'd be different if Figueredo made weight and it was actually for a thing. Because at the end of the day, the moment that the belt was won, Henry Cejudo, Captain Cringe, Triple C, the current 135-pound champion who was the 125-pound champion, was supposed to vacate his belt. But now we don't know. And I'm going to be honest with you, I don't feel like it looks good for the 135ers. Because at the end of the day, when you look at, okay, what can we do realistically? Realistically, I, I would personally like to see a rematch. The headbutt definitely took, took away from um, Joseph Benavides. Not only did the headbutt take away from him, but there was a, you know, he missed his weight. So can you convince me to watch that fight again? Absolutely. Can it headline a card? Probably not. And then I'm going to be really honest with you guys. If the UFC brass goes back and look into the numbers, I haven't seen the numbers yet, but I can guarantee you with two flyweights, one doesn't even speak English. One's kind of soft-spoken. Might be the flyest guy in the UFC, but a little soft-spoken. I guarantee you not a lot of people watch this fight. And unfortunately, not enough people want to watch and appreciate the flyweight division. If you are a diehard, if you are somebody who loves the sport, bruh, you need to watch them. They're violent. Not only are they violent, they're technical. Some of the best fighting you'll ever see. But they don't advertise them the same way because in this country, man, we always look at the big guys. We want to see how the big guys get it cracking. And I can't lie. I like that shit, too. I really do. So what's going to happen to the 125ers? I don't know, man. I think only time is going to tell. But at the end of the day, at this point in time, unless they have a rematch and Joseph Benavidez wins, the people that are staying at 125 are A, going to end up going to one championship, or B, they're going to have to move up to 135. It is what it is. Um, my heart breaks for Joseph Benavidez. I've been a fan of his for a very long time. He absolutely said he's coming back. His heart is hurt. I know he said it feels like a nightmare. Took him six years to get back to the spot. He finds himself in an interesting situation. He is kind of like this era's Michael Bisbing. As we remember, Michael Bisbing was the guy that just couldn't get it done in terms of a title shot. Every time he got close, he lost. Every time he got to the show, he lost. Until he didn't. He shocked the world and ended up beating Luke Rockhold, defended his belt, took an L, sailed off into the sunset. Will that happen for Joseph Benavidez? I hope so. All right, uh, moving right along. There was a little bit of a featherweight tournament for the women going on in this uh, UFC Northfolk, man, because we have Felicia Spencer 
and Megan Anderson competing on the same card. Now, both of these women have always been at the top of the 145 division. In fact, both of them are former champions at Invicta. So they know what it's like to hold a title. Now, here's the thing. They actually fought less than a year ago. May 2000, May 18th, 2019, Felicia Spencer ended up winning via submission. Now, seems like there are a couple of things going on with Megan Anderson. That's neither here nor there. I will run, bring it back to that in a moment. Each one of these women ended up getting a first round finish. Felicia Spencer by TKO, three minutes and 36 seconds into round one. Going back and forth a little bit, she was finally able to land a big takedown. Ended up landing some huge ground to pound on her opponent. Um, Zaron Farin, who Megan Anderson actually beat via knockout her last time out. Megan Anderson, on the other hand, KO'd with which you never, never, ever, 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 never, ever, 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 never, ever, you never, ever see a woman at 145 pounds, unless it's Chris Cyborg, knock someone out with one shot. And that's what we saw. Megan Anderson, three minutes and 32 seconds of the very first round, goes out there and KOs Norma Dumont. Amazing performance by both women. Extremely impressive. What's going to happen next? We already know that Felicia Spencer head-to-head beat Megan Anderson, but it was such an impressive performance. What are we going to see? Megan Anderson's on a two-fight win streak. Felicia Spencer lost her last time out against Chris Cyborg. No shame in that. But now she's back in the mix. She got one win. Can you give her the title shot after one straight win? Or does it go to Megan Anderson? Or option number three, which I think they should do, let them run it back. Let them run it back for a legitimate 145-pound number one contender. Go ahead and allow Amanda Nunes, the GOAT, to go out there and fight somebody at 135, let her defend her belt at 135, and then she beats, she'll fight later on this year, maybe one of the big end of the year shows against the winner of Felicia Spencer, Megan Anderson. That's what I would personally do. That's what I believe would be the best option. I think that would be the most fair option also, because at the end of the day, look, there's nobody at women's 145. There isn't. Who do I think would be the better fan favorite? Well, probably Megan Anderson. Reason I say that, she's bigger, she's more of a striker, lands some big knockouts. She does a shoey after the fight. She's from Australia. You have that whole oceanic region who's really going to be on top of it. That's why I think you you would favor Megan Anderson. But Felicia Spencer got the look. She's happy. She has a great smile. She's tough as shit. Who knows what they're going to do? I would absolutely have to go with the uh, the rematch, though. Just to see, just to have a real concise, a real plain, flat out, that's the number one contender. All right, moving right along. It was a good fight. Both really impressive, though, man. Uh, all right, moving right along. Whew. Ian Kutalabra, man. Uh, he ended up losing via TKO to Magomed Akalov. 
Now, was it really, and it was 41 seconds into the fight, was it really a TKO loss? Well, if you go back and look, it shouldn't have been. It was a terrible stoppage. Now, Kutulab, was it his fault? Yes, he was, he was acting like he was hurt. Both of these dudes came out there and went out there just from the jump. We're throwing bombs, throwing left and right, man. And it really, from the naked eye, when you were watching it in real time, it looked like Kutulab was hurt. He was wobbling, his eyes were rolled back, and he'd throw a big shot every time Antonov came close. He did it like three times until the referee finally came in and stopped it. I'm going to be honest with you, it was a terrible stoppage. He was absolutely playing around. He was absolutely going out there and trying to bait his opponent into a brawl, which he's better at. But unfortunately, man, you look like you were rocked and the referee's job was to protect you. Was it the right call? Absolutely not. Should he have let it go a little bit longer? Yes. Let's watch him actually take a couple shots. But it looked like he took a couple head kicks. And that's the reason the fight was stopped. It sucks. It absolutely sucks. Um, I thought shit was hilarious, though. <laughs> when you first saw that shit, it was bad. It was really bad. He was jug moving all around. And honestly, man, this fight, I think we were really deprived of a fight of the night type of fight. Both men are incredible. Both men have a lot of power. Both men are relatively well-rounded. Um, and they were just slinging. Slinging, man. And it was super entertaining while it lasted. Yes, I know it was only 45, 41 seconds. But it was crazy entertaining while it lasted. Um, run it back. I know they talked about Ian Kutalab is going to try and hopefully get it you know appeal the decision man fuck that they're not gonna let that happen but what they can do is ufc do the right thing run it back let's see what happens and let's run it back on the next card fuck it why not they're both in shape neither man is really hurt might as well have them go out there and do their thing um all right the rest of the card wasn't bad man there there was a couple um pretty pretty really solid uh performers on this card obviously we have felicia spencer um but and Megan Anderson, but also on this card, man, what I want to bring up is Brandon Allen beat Tom Breeze. Uh, Martin Tybora went ahead and beat Sergey Spivak. Luis Pena with a super dominant win over Steve Garcia. Um, the one that I'd really loved was Jordan Griffin beating TJ Brown, man. Jordan Griffin with an amazing uh, guillotine, man. Looked like he was about to rip TJ Brown's head completely off. Also, Jordan Griffin, salute to you, sir, on the slaps from the bottom. I know I sound like I need to pause that, but I'm not because he was on the bottom and he slapped the shit out of TJ Brown, man. It was literally one of those moments that said, yo, what did the five fingers say to the face? Slap, bitch. That's what it felt like. It was nuts, man. But look, man, all in all, this was an entertaining card. Was it the best card of the year? Absolutely not. Obviously, we're just waiting for the amazing show that we have next weekend. And we all know it's headlined by the last style bender, the 185 pound champ. Israel, the last stop under Adesanya against one of my personal favorites, the uncrowned king, 
Yoel Romero, man. This should be an amazing fight card. Also on that card, you have the former, the the greatest woman's 115-pounder in the world, Yuana Yanjaychik. She's fighting the current champion, Wele Zhang. It should be an amazing fight as well, man. The rest of the card itself, uh, look, man, it's not a bad card, really. A lot of really, really, really solid performers, man. Max Griffin versus Alex Oliveira. Neil Magny versus Li Lang. Bill Neil Dariush, the car close. This is a fun card, man. I will break this down a little bit more in depth later on this week in my fight news and fight pick episodes to so keep your eyes and ears open for that that will be episode 191 you can see that on wednesday all right um with that being said man let's not forget man check out sage eats sage eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring check out sage eats at sageeatschicago.com again sageeatschicago.com apply promo code fight for 10 percent off of your first three months they cook and deliver healthy meals and drop them directly to your home or office they're customized specifically to your wants and needs if you're not in chicago yo that's totally fine sage eats has something for you they also offer nutrition consultation and fitness mentoring man so you don't have to have that pesky nutritionist or coach hanging all over your shoulder you could have somebody shoot you a line go ahead and text you your workouts and you can go ahead and go to the gym and knock that shit out on your own man check out sage eats today sage eats chicago.com check them out also on all social media platforms at sage eats chicago man check them out today also, yo, when you at it, man, let your friends, let your family, let all your loved ones, all your fight fans know about the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, The Fight Podcast, man, hosted by myself, the boy, the underground king at Surge Vicente, man, check me out, check us out on all social media platforms, where everywhere podcasts are available. Let's go ahead and jump back into the episode 190 of the Fight Podcast. All right, man. Look, we had some boxing this weekend as well, man. We had actually a couple really, well, not a couple, uh, the, but the main event was an incredible main event. We had Mikey Garcia going out there and competing against Jesse Vargas, man. Um, this, was a, this was a fight that was a really interesting fight card, man. You have the 41 the 40 wins, one loss, 30 knockouts, Mikey Garcia going against Jesse Vargas, whom is, like I said before, man, this is a guy that is just a tick, just a tick below elite status, man. He's not a journeyman. He's not your, you know, your your gatekeeper. He's the guy whom you don't want to give your prospect to. And honestly, you don't want to get your vets to either. He's that good. So this was a really interesting fight for me, especially when I was watching it, because Mikey Garcia was just outclassed by Errol Spence, the IBF champion at the welterweight division, number five pound for pound on most publications. He blanked him. He sunned him. Errol just made Buddy look like he, he didn't even belong. 
So a lot of question marks that we had leading up to this fight were like, yo, does Mikey really belong at 147 pounds? His best days were at 135 at lightweight. And when you see the matchups that are down there, you get excited. You have Lomachenko, the pound for pound number one guy. You have Teofimo Lopez. You have a litany of all these young guys coming up as well. Devin Haney. Ryan Garcia. So there's so many options at 135. At 140, you have so many more also. Josh Taylor. You have Luke. You have Regis Progray. You have Maurice Hooker. There are so many great options at 140. And these are the weight classes that Mikey Garcia tends to look and do better in. He's a pound for pound great. But he's now seeming like he's fighting out of his weight class. So watching this fight, there was a lot of question marks. Is he big enough for 147? And when you watch the first couple rounds of this fight, it seemed like maybe he wasn't. He wasn't getting off. First two rounds easily go to the books to Jesse. But then out of nowhere, man, Mikey just turned it on. Landed a huge shot. Dropped him, dropped Jesse Vargas third round right behind the ear. And it seemed like Jesse Vargas never really recovered. But this is what made this fight interesting. Even though he didn't recover, he arguably won the last three to four rounds. So in my estimation, it ended up being a much closer fight than I think a lot of people give it. The scorecards gave Mikey Garcia the unanimous decision win. 116-111-116-111-114-113. I think it was closer to 114-113, man. That was a very close fight. It was well contested, but definitely I gave Mikey Garcia the fight. Um, he looked great. Now, can Mikey beat the elite 147-pounders? I don't know. I don't know because this fight didn't show me enough. Jesse Vargas, like I said, he isn't the elite. He's a tick below. He's a tick below of these guys. Um, you have guys like Errol Spence, who was the, the creme de la creme. You have Terrence Crawford, the creme de la creme. Those guys would be too much for him. Errol Spence has already proven that he's too much for him. But a fight between... Philly's very own Danny Garcia. Ooh, I'm here for that. A fight between and someone who he ended up calling out afterwards. Manny Pacquiao will be a very interesting fight. And the reason that both of those fights would be extremely interesting. One, technically, all three of those guys are extremely technical, really well-schooled, elite caliber boxers. But. Danny and Manny Pacquiao are small for the weight class. So I think it would be a little bit more beneficial for him to, for Mikey Garcia to fight guys like that. Can he beat the best guys in the weight class? No, he can't. I'm, I'm sorry. He gets absolutely sunned by both of them. We've seen one of them do it already. But in terms of Danny, in terms of Manny, I'm here for it. And honestly, I think he could arguably beat Manny Pacquiao and get that WBO belt. Is it going to happen? I don't know. I would love for that to happen. I think that's what should happen next. I would love to see Manny Pacquiao fight 
Mikey Garcia next. If he does not fight him, I would love to see the Garcia versus Garcia. Um, Mikey Garcia versus Danny Garcia. And you know, you know, you know, you know, you know. I'm rocking with my Boricua. I think Danny Garcia gets it done. I'll break that fight a little bit more as well as with the rest of the boxing news later on this week in episode 192 with the guru, Brandon Camillo. Um, but yo, check it out. Before we get out of here, Deontay Wilder's back in the news. And he's back in the news because Deontay Wilder went out there and exercised his rematch clause in his contract. And now, as um, according to Bob Arum of Top Rank Boxing, July 13th, we are going to see the rematch between Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. The trilogy is set. We're going to see it happen. Is this what should have happened? Fuck no. Fuck no, it shouldn't have happened. Um, I'm disappointed. The only thing I'm happy about with Deontay Wilder at this point in time is that Mark Breland isn't fired. He said uh, in an interview recently that Mark Breland is still a part of the team. But at the end of the day, should this happen? No, 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 no. I talked about this last week and I'm going to talk about it again this coming week. And I'm telling you right now, this should not happen. Deontay Wilder, I think, has the opportunity to still be great. And if he goes out here, man, he is fighting a guy who they've been in a, in a ring together for 19 rounds. That guy won 17 of those rounds. And let's be very honest. Even the round that we thought dude died in, he got up and won the end of that round. Tyson Fury just might have Deontay Wilder's number, and there's nothing wrong with that. So what should Deontay Wilder do? What should he have done? The way I think he should have done it was, one, you gotta fire JDs. JDs is terrible. The fact that he said he would let his fighter go out on the shield, hey fam, fuck you. You do not belong in any goddamn corner. That's first and foremost. Secondly, he needed to get a new co. He needs to get a new voice in there. Whether it be Teddy Atlas, whether it be anybody. Bring in somebody that has your best interest in heart. That could, and not, not saying Deontay Wilder's been in the game too long. He's 34 years old. He's not changing drastically. But what you can do is add a few new wrinkles in his game. You could help his footwork. You could help his left hook. You could help his defense. There's so many different things that someone can do. And the way that they should have handled him, instead of getting this immediate rematch, what he should have done was go out there and let's just keep it a buck. He should have fought a bum just to get his mojo back. After he got his mojo back, after just washing this bum, he should have went out there and then fought another fighter that is more of the same attributes as of Tyson Fury. Big guy, who can, who can knock out. Then you have him fight some top guy of the weight class. Andy Ruiz. Dillian Wyatt. One of those guys. So now you know he's back at it. Then you've closed out your career fighting the unified champion. That's how he should have played it. At least that's my humble opinion. The way he's doing it, going straight back in there, going out there to compete and essentially 
fights somebody that he has no game plan for. Twice he's proven that he didn't have a game plan. So what are we going to see happen? What's going to happen? We don't know. But one thing I do absolutely know is this. If he goes out there with the exact same game plan, he's going to get stopped. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Deontay Water has Thor's hammer in his hand. We know that. We know he has Thor's hammer. We know he can knock anybody out on the planet. And yes, he has an opportunity. I'm sure he'll go in there with his head right. I'm sure he'll go in there with the knowledge of knowing that this guy can hurt him. And he will be a little bit more cautious. Okay. I've seen Tyson Fury fight going backwards. I've seen him fight going forward. I've seen Deontay White Father fight going forward. I've, I have not seen him fight going backwards. I give it 80-20 to Tyson Fury at this point in time. Can that change leading up to it? Yes. Am I excited about the fight regardless? Yes. <laughs> I am. Fuck it. I'm excited. I want to see it because these are two of my favorite fighters going back at it. I hate to see Deontay Wilder take a loss. A loss like that can ruin him. But if he wants to go in there, and here's the thing. What if he wins? Fuck. If he wins, then we got to do the fourth one. Who knows? So we don't know what's going to happen, um, but it's been triggered. Uh, the rematch is going to happen in July, and I will break that down when we get a bit closer. All right, yo. With that being said, yo, that is all about all the time that we have today. Remember, shout out to the sponsors, man. Sage Eats for always looking out for us. Check them out at sageeachicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 10% off your first three months. And also, man, check out the Fight Podcast everywhere. Podcasting is available. Google, Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Also, check out the website, thefightpodcast.com. Follow me, your boy, the Underground King, at Serge Vicente on social media. And um, yo, man, enjoy the show. Communicate with me. Holler at us on social media. Holler at us everywhere, man. Ask us questions. And as always, enjoy the fights. I love you guys. Thank you as always for paying attention. And I will catch you guys next time right here on The Fight Podcast. Deuces! Deuces!